Hey, welcome to Sunday Afternoon Mama, a podcast designed to help you learn to create a calm and joyful atmosphere in your home. I'm your host, Hannah Riddle, a wife, mom, and former teacher living in the Pacific Northwest. I certainly don't have everything figured out, but I hope to encourage and inspire you to be the best mama you can be. Are you ready to jump in? Today, we're privileged to finish our conversation with my friend and guest, Joy Dombrow. In this episode, we'll keep talking about how to easily remember to pray for our kids throughout the day, hear an incredible schedule tip from Joy's mama, and hear why it may be wise to quit something on a Thursday. This is episode 44. Here we go. So last week, we left off in my conversation with Joy right as we were about to tackle how to pray for our kids. If you missed it, go ahead and tune in anytime this week. It's episode 43, of course, part one of this conversation. We were chatting about our 10 item toolkit, some back to school supplies for mamas, so to speak. My list included a cozy mom corner in the house, a great pen, a journal and planner, and both of our lists included our Bibles and a hot beverage in the mornings like coffee or tea. And I just feel like that's so essential for a cozy and comforting start of the day. Some of Joy's top 10 also included a crock pot or Instapot, carpool buddies, and a shared family calendar using iCal. Okay, so we'll dive in deeper right now to the intangibles, the habits or things we need to make sure we prioritize this year, recognizing, of course, that there's no perfect day. (laughs) You know, we may fail and not do all of these things perfectly, but just that idea of focusing and aiming at these things. There's seven of them. We were about to tackle, you know, the prayer one about for our kids. But yeah, just keeping joy and hope as we go along being gracious with ourselves, being gracious with our kids and others around us, and just being aware and and thinking through, you know, how is this day going? Like, have I done what I need to do to contribute to the health and growth of my family? You know, all these thoughts will be helpful to us as moms as we embark on another school year. Okay, all right, so here we go. Back to my conversation with Joy Dombrow. Enjoy. Okay, let's move to the next one, which is um, that intangible, but it's just praying for our kids. Like, how do we make sure to do this and how do we prioritize this above those trivial things in life, like the fluff, you know what I mean? Like the thing, the things that don't truly matter. So like, so I know for me, not a day goes by that I don't do certain habits, like certain things, but then sometimes prayer gets shuffled to the back of the line (laughs) or the bottom of the list. And it's not even on purpose. It just, for some reason, it happens. Like we don't always mean to do this, but we get caught up or distracted or whatever it could be. So what are are your thoughts on just how we can prioritize like praying for our kids? Mm, That's so good. Um, For me personally, at this season, I get up early before everyone else and Mm -hmm. I pray and I read my Bible. And when I'm consistent in that time, then I have a prayer journal with you know, each kid has a page and I keep a running record of things I'm praying for them and when they're answered. Mm -hmm. Some people I know do like cards on a ring and they just kind of go through those. So that concentrated prayer time um, gives that space for praying for our kids in that way. Mm -hmm. But prayer can take on so many different forms. When my kids were really little and I wasn't getting a whole lot of sleep Mm -hmm. and I couldn't get up early, um, physically, I just couldn't do it. Um, I had to let go of that perfectionism and that one right way of doing things Mm -hmm. and realize that sometimes prayer is just this whispered prayer in the moment, a popcorn prayer Mm -hmm. here or there, or if it's, or it's in the car when the kids are asleep in the back, you know, that's my time to pray, Mm -hmm. um, just to kind of 
practice the presence of God wherever I was at, whether it's three o'clock in the morning when I'm nursing my kids or whether it's during their nap time um, or while I'm doing the dishes, um, just having that constant mindfulness that the Lord is with me and that I can talk to him at any point throughout the day Mm -hmm. um, was really freeing for me because I wasn't finding the time sit down and pray mm-hmm. um, like I wanted to in that season of my life, for sure. Um, for the con- the concentrated times of prayer, I have some prayer guides that I like to use. Um, Stormy O'Martian has pr- Power of a Praying Parent. Um, another one that I have used is Mark Batterson's uh, Draw the Circle, a 40-Day Prayer Challenge. Mm. Um, and then I also have a half sheet scriptural prayer guide that I got when my kids were like two and five um, that I have framed and it's by my quiet time chair. And I would just pray through that. So Mm. having those like visual reminders um, and help, because sometimes I'm so tired, I don't even know what to pray in the moment. Yes. Um, But being able to pray back scripture or having a guide to help me um, help to make that really intentional. Mm-hmm. So I think now that I remember, as you re- refresh my memory, I think you were the one that actually told me this, but I, I heard you say you talked about praying for your kids when you were even folding laundry or some of those basic things, like just even if you're folding like, like your son's socks, you know, like pray for him. That's a great opportunity because you're handling something that he's going to put on his little feet, you know, and um, well, I guess bigger feet if you've got older kids, but if you, you know, just whatever it could be like, same with everyone else in your family. I love that piece of advice so much. And I've been doing it as much as I can. And it's a really cool way to remember to pray because it's kind of one of those things that's an association. Like you train yourself to fold and pray, fold and pray, you know, or wash the dishes and pray, or I'm in the car at a stoplight. I'm going to always pray when I stop. Um, it's a double whammy, like Gretchen Rubin would call this the strategy of pairing, where you pair two activities, um, like going to the gym and listening to your favorite podcast or watching your favorite show as you exercise. So you're doing two great things. Like you win because you get to watch a cool show that you like and you're exercising, which you may not love, but you're at least watching a cool show. <laughs> and so like the odds of us enjoying those daily tasks and household kind of mm. things that we might have to be doing are going to go like the odds are you're going to enjoy it more because you're not only folding laundry, but you're like praying over your kids and like praying over who they're like, who they're going to marry someday or like what they're going to do or if they're discouraged, just lifting them up, you know? So I don't know. I think, I believe that was you, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. And and I even get like super specific. So like if yeah. I'm, I'm praying, you know, folding their socks, I'll say, you know, ask the Lord to lead their feet mm. to people and places that would glorify God and away from things that would be harmful or even in making their bed, I pray that they would get restful sleep and, and have good dreams. Or if I'm, um, you know, sweeping the floor in the kitchen um, or wiping down the kitchen table, I pray over their chair that they would um, be filled with the good food of the word of God or whatever it is. And for me, when I do chores, my mind tends to wander Mm -hmm. and sometimes it wanders to not good things. Like I tend to worry or I have imaginary conversations with somebody I'm upset with in my head. (laughs) But but if I can do my chores and put it towards something good, put my mind towards something good and helpful, um, I feel much better about the use of my time. So, Oh yeah, that's awesome. Um, Okay. Let's move to the next one, which is asking for wisdom. So 
for me, really quick before we hear kind of what you were thinking, I noticed a while back that I was kind of, it didn't seem like a big problem, but then I realized as I thought about it, this was turning into a problem, but I was consulting kind of everything else under the sun, except asking God in prayer for a couple of parenting (laughs) challenges I was facing. So it's so silly. Like that's kind of embarrassing to admit, but it's like, I was just like, I can figure this out. Like I'll just look up this article or I have this good book and that's all fine. It's great to seek wisdom from reliable, you know, sources, but I was just reminded, like, God really pressed on my heart, like, um, you really need to be talking to me about this first, because, like, he's the one who's called our, you know, his spirit's called our counselor. Like, he can give us any kind of wisdom or specific advice or, you know, an, an, maybe just even an insight that we wouldn't have had before, like, about our kids. Like, the other day, this was actually, I'll try, I probably would cry if I really thought about this right now, so I'm going to just tell the story <laughs> really quick. I was praying for my kids and there's been a couple of little challenges I've been trying to sort through, but I was going to him and asking for wisdom and he gave me, this is so great. So Mm. for each um, letter that their name begins with, he gave me a word to like focus Mm. on with them. So like one of them, it had to do with literally cuddling my kid more. Like it just was amazing. The other one was, was more about like laughter and making sure I am spending time having more fun because a lot of times you get into that mode where you're like telling your kids what to do and it's more like and so it was like no you need to really like she's so joyful you need to like let her experience joy with you a lot more and for one of my other daughters it was that she really needed more nurturing and just that really like one-on-one time instead of because a lot of times it's like we have three kids and I hang out with all of them all throughout the day, especially in the summer, but just taking that extra time and really pouring into her so that she feels specifically loved for and cared for. So anyways, it was just amazing how there was like specific wisdom ready for me to have (laughs) and just needed to go to him first, you know? And of course it's good to like, like I said, go to some trusted sources outside of that too, but like just making sure that I go to him first in everything that was really a powerful conviction and reminder I had recently. So um, what are your that's thoughts? That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good because, you know, you, you weren't going to find in a book yeah. that one, of, one specific kid needed more cuddling. I mean, that yeah. wasn't going to be specifically <laughs> tailored, but God, who has created our kids, has a specific design and he knows and he understands. And I was finding that I was going to God in prayer but I would say things like, please show me what I should do, please, whatever, instead of flat out asking him, oh, what yeah. should I do about this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just flat out asking and then being really quiet yes. and just seeing what he brought to my mind. Like, yes. Literally just ask, because I was assuming, I'm going to say, please show me what to do. And then when I go to Google, it would tell me, yeah, right? Exactly. But, Instead of asking him and then letting him bring something to my mind. Yeah. Um, it's so important. Have you heard that phrase or that saying, go to the throne before you go to the phone? Oh, no, but that's amazing. That? No, that's cool. Yeah. So it's kind of that same concept. And you could put go to the throne before you go to, you know, the Internet or to a book or yeah. to whatever. 
but we have to go to our king first and receive his instructions for what we should do next. And then you can do all those other things. But um, we definitely have to go to the Lord before we go anywhere else. But I was thinking about this concept of wisdom. Um, Once we've asked God, what should I do? Because in James, it talks about how if anybody lacks wisdom, they should ask God and he gives it generously. So we go to him, we listen for what he might have to tell us, but mm-hmm. then there's other wisdom principles in the Bible. Um, the first thing that we should do once we've talked to the Lord about it is to seek understanding, right? Mm-hmm. To find out the facts, yep. to ask God to show you what happened or what were the circumstances or how is my child feeling um, and listening to the heart behind the actions. But I think seeking understanding and finding out the facts um, can lead to greater wisdom. Yeah. And then secondly, we should, the Bible says that we should seek godly advice from scripture first, and then from wise counselors. So yeah. those people in your life that you know have gone before you, or maybe they're in the same season and they just have really wise principles they live by. Mm-hmm. Um, and then third, we have to test whatever advice we receive, whether it's from a book or an online article or from a friend, we have to like hold that up against to what James 3 says, that wisdom that's from above is not selfish or jealous, right? Mm-hmm. So am I making this decision because I'm being selfish or am I making this decision because I want to do things like she does because it looks like she has a perfect life, right? Yeah. But instead, whatever advice, Um, we receive as we vet it. Um, The scriptures say that it should be peaceful. So it's something that's going to bring about peace. It's gentle. It shows that we're easy to please and that we're willing to help and that we are willing to approach and to go to others. So this Mm -hmm. whole concept, there's a, there's heavenly wisdom looks a certain way, certain way as contrasted to earthly wisdom. And so we need to know the difference. And then lastly, um, when it comes to wisdom with our children, we have to act on what we have learned. Like we can gather all this <laughs> knowledge, mm-hmm. right? So the Lord can tell you that you need to cuddle yep. with your child, but if you don't actually do it, it's not wisdom, it's yeah. just knowledge. Yes. Um, so we have to put that knowledge into action and not be double-minded and go, yeah, this is what I know I should do, but you know, I'm too busy for it. Um, we have to put that into practice, even if it's something really difficult um, or taxing on us as moms. So, so yeah. good. Yeah, that's so good. I, I love all these things about what you were just saying in James. And it's just like, there can be good things out there, but you're right. There's some tests we need to make sure we run over all that advice. And that's really kind of helpful in discerning what is truly going to be beneficial to us or just going to be kind of, it's a nice idea, but it's not really specifically helpful, you know? Um, so I thought it'd be kind of good for us to maybe talk about challenges that we might've had, like with our kids and it doesn't have to be too, like too personal or too specific, but just, um, where you did need wisdom or you do need wisdom and how we as moms can like, you know, handle those challenges. Absolutely. You know, I was, I was thinking about this and, you know, kind of hard to remember yeah, way back yeah. when, um, but one concept, and we talked about this on the last time I was on your podcast, but battling screen time was 
is and was always a major issue um, and, and wanting wisdom in that. And when the kids were younger, my challenges with them were much more concrete and tangible. Yeah. Like, um, most of them were able to be addressed with if then consequences, like if you throw your food from the high chair again, then you will have no more dinner. Mm -hmm. Or if you throw a fit, you will have to go to your room. If you do all your chores, then you can have screen time. So it was for me, I felt like I had a lot more control during that season. And if I could just figure out the if then statement (laughs) in my mind, then I could tackle the challenge, right? Um, Or like you said, a lot of the challenges when they were little had to do with filling up their little love tank, right? Um, They would act out because they just weren't feeling loved by me. Now my kids struggle when their love tanks are low, but I can't always be the one to fill it up, Mm -hmm. right? Like they are looking for a friend to fill it up or they need the Lord to fill it up. Mom's just not the same all the time. And now that they're older, things are a little more nebulous. Like maybe they have a bad attitude that I can't nail down. Like I can't say you've done this, this, and this. It's just something lingering in the the air. Mm -hmm. Or if they say they're going to do their chores and there's a lengthy delay due to their schedule, like they have to go to practice or whatever. And so it's like, well, when do I crack down on the chore thing? Um, (laughs) (laughs) or asking them to limit their screen time is much more difficult now that they have a phone and they use that phone to read their Bible, to write all their papers, to study their flashcards, Mm -hmm. to text a friend for their homework. And it's so much more complicated because my job isn't to control them anymore. Um, It's to coach them and advise them. And so I find that I suffer um, internally a lot more as I worry and wait than I did when I could simply distract them or give them a timeout yeah. or um, do some concrete action, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, screen time has always been one of those challenges. And I always felt like once I got one challenge figured out, then a new one would pop up just the next day. Yes. <laughs> it was a never ending cycle of challenges when they were little, for sure. Yeah, no, that's so true. I think that's the reason I wanted to hear a specific challenge is kind of like, just for all of us to feel encouraged that no matter what stage we're at, we always need to be asking for that wisdom. You know, like it's just so it's true, so important because the like you said, the battles or the struggles or the temptations for our kids are going to change, you know, throughout the years. And as we progress in life, we're going to need other kinds of specific wisdom and insight from God and from, you know, like from his word. So, yeah, I just I'm I'm encouraged yeah. to hear that because I know we do like we do suffer on the inside, like, oh, what's going to happen? You know, like thinking about all those things, but just remembering that when we ask for that wisdom, we're going to receive it. Like it's a gift. And again, it's just an amazing gift. And another great thing about that before we move on is just, we can't take credit for it. Like, that's what I love about it. It's like, I didn't come up with that um, little insight with my kids at all. Like I just give complete credit to God. I didn't think of that. I didn't create it. I didn't like see it on Pinterest. I just, this just came specifically for my kids. And anyways, it's just, it's just incredible. So let's move on to the next one, which is 
just focusing on our own family and our own family goals. So I will link this article in the show notes, but I found an article, interestingly enough, they were talking about reaching goals in general, but I thought it applied really well to what we're talking about with family goals. So one of the things this article said, it was from Fast Company, and it said, like one of their main tips was eliminate distractions and time wasters. And I thought, oh, Mm. that is so good. Like as a family even, are there things that we've allowed in our homes or our lives that are like super distracting and totally unnecessary and end up being these time wasters? And it's kind of like, it kind of goes into just what we've talked about before as far as like saying yes to too much or just filling, 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 filling every moment, you know, and every thing and like getting every possible technological thing, gadget, whatever. like if we have so much, mm. and so much input and so much chaos, it's like, I think that definitely contributes to us being able to focus on our own family and our goals. So like real emergencies will come up, they say in this article, and we do have to deal with them. But the majority of situations that come up like to distract us are not real emergencies and they don't really need us to respond right away. Many times these situations will resolve themselves on their own with time. It's kind of like with any job when you have tons of emails, a lot of them are totally not crucial, but you feel like wasted and bogged, like your time is being wasted and you're getting bogged down by responding. So anyways, they just encourage like, maybe by not responding or not engaging with all these things that are coming at you to distract you or waste your time, You know, you're sending this message that we're a strong person, which I would translate that as we're a strong family. (laughs) And we are not going to let ourselves be interrupted and bothered by all these like kind of trivial things that waste our precious time together. Do you know what I mean? So there's just I love that piece of advice because there are so many things pulling for our time and energy and attention and even money. Like just spend it, do it, do this and get this. And so how do we keep our eyes focused and fixed on what our family should say yes to, you know, so I wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Oh, that's so good. And, <laughs> you know, some, something that it constantly needs to be evaluated, right? Yeah. Um, because we have our phones in our pockets, yep. people can, at a moment's notice, give you an invitation, send you a leave, tell yep. you about an event that's going on. And I think it's easy for us to feel like we have to say yes to all of those things or we have to, re- that we have to respond mm-hmm. in some way to all of those things. But um, those people don't run our lives and they don't, they don't set the goals for our family or the temperature for the atmosphere of our home. And I remember when I was growing up, this, this was way before cell phones, mm-hmm. um, but we just had those phones that were, you know, actually attached to the wall. Yeah. And on my on my dad's day off, they would take the phone off the hook and put it in a drawer and shut it because we wanted control over what happened in our home and not a, not allowing anybody else to dictate that for us. So it's super intentional and especially if we're people who are perfectionists or goal oriented or people pleasers or um, extra highly extroverted. It's tempting to say yes to everything. And I think for me, my mom early on was super helpful when I first had our son. Mm -hmm. I was like, mom, I can't get anything done. Like I'm this achiever. I wanted to get all this stuff done. She's like, okay. (laughs) She's like, joy, take, your to-do list, write it all out. What do you want to accomplish today? And then she goes, now I want you to cut it in half. Oh. And, <laughs> oh, man. and I was like, oh, 
okay, but that set a tone yeah. for my family life that I can look at my calendar and go, okay, let's just cut this down, yeah. you know, and, and to create space and to create margin. And it's okay if we're bored and yeah. not every day is full of things. Mm-hmm. Good things come from boredom. So um, for us, the way that we tried to really be intentional with our time and our family goals is um, we had family time nights every single night, Mm. meaning that it was kind of like a little mini Bible study. But every night before the kids went to bed, about a half hour before they went to bed, we sat down together. They were in their PJs, all bathed and ready to go. Mm -hmm. And we would read a Bible story and we would pull from a song box you know, two or three songs that we would do. And we would talk about things that were important to our family, about kindness, about um, anything that we saw going on. Like if the kids were arguing, we'd Mm -hmm. have a Bible story for that. Or we'd talk about how we're doing, or if they were grumbling and complaining. or And those nightly times together would eventually morph into discussions about what we should be doing with our time. And we started asking our kids, we have this opportunity. What do you think? Is this something that is important to the Dombrow family or Mm. not? Um, And then we would get their input and allow them to help us to have buy-in into our family goals. Um, And then one thing that we found too, is that we really tried to consolidate our life. So there was a season where we were going to a specific church in one town, Mm -hmm. but then our kids were going to school in another town and their sports events were with a totally different group of people. (laughs) And then we would have community group with a different group of people. And we're like, you know what? We need to consolidate. So we ended up having our friends be the kids' friends that happened to go to the church Mm -hmm. and that was our community group. And that really cut out a lot of being pulled in all different directions. And we just started doing life with this particular group of people in this particular place and time. And um, it made life a lot easier for us. Um, That was key. And then another key was that we limited our kids to one sport or one extracurricular activity each at a time. Mm, We're not doing the like, we're going every which direction. Um, And then the last thing that we did is we just really stuck to routines. Routines Mm. are helpful, right? They're like those built-in no's for us. So we honored our nap times or our quiet times. Nope, can't go anywhere during that time, right? We honored our kids' bedtimes. We're not going to stay up past that. We honored our family dinners. We honored homework times. And we limited screen times. And when we did that, it was easy to say no to things. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, we can't because our kids go to bed at 730 or whatever it is. And um, it just made life more peaceful for us. Now that they're older and we don't have all that same routines, um, I don't know if you've read Bob Goff's book, Love Does. Oh, uh uh-huh. And I think it's included in this. But I know that Bob Goff, um, an author and speaker, uh, has quitting Thursday. So every Thursday he quits something. Mm. So he calls it quitting Thursday. So whether he looks at his calendar and goes, I don't want to do that anymore, whether he quits a 
serving in a ministry, whether he quit a friendship <laughs> that's been toxic. Yeah. Um, he tries to quit something every Thursday because if we don't do that, we keep adding and adding and adding and adding and piling things onto our life and nothing gets taken away and we just run ourselves crazy. So we try to adopt every once in a while a quitting Thursday. That's amazing. I love that idea. It's actually, it's really challenging for me to hear you talk about this because that is, this is one of my biggest um, struggles, I think, is just feeling like I'm pulled in too many directions or kind of like you said, I love the thought of consolidating your life and friendships and just like drawing the circle just a little smaller instead of way out there, you know, and um, feeling obligated to do this way over here and that way over there. And so I am going to try to incorporate some of these things because I think that that would really (laughs) personally help me to live with Mm. less stress and which, you know, none of us want to live at a high level of stress. We don't want to be tense (laughs) or anything. So I was, I was reminded as you talked of, there was this girl I got to know, um, in Austria on our trip there, she, her whole family knows my husband really well. So anyways, we stayed with them and she is a mom. She's about my age and she has two little boys and one little boy went off to kindergarten and then the one stayed home. So when I was staying with her, she showed me in such a practical way about the whole, like, take your to-do list, cut it in half concept. She told me, she's like, literally this morning, we're going to bake bread chips. Like that was her plan for most of the morning with her two-year-old, which he's too. Like that makes sense because yeah. she she knows he needs that playtime. I mean, she had a routine. Like she does her cleaning and different things. She wasn't doing all her household stuff when I was a guest. But, you know, she was just like, I've got a guest. I'm simplifying it even more, you know. And I tend to be the type of person who'd be like, well, it's the day I clean the bathrooms. You know, like, <laughs> just probably like I must do that. <laughs> I get a little crazy about that. And it's like, no, cut it in half. Like she had guests and I loved that. So I I know we just, I think in our culture too, we love to kind of overdo things and like prove that we're good moms. Like we think we need to do so many things like, and we, I tend to overcomplicate things too. It's like some of those simple times at home where you're just reading and playing and baking and riding bikes. I mean, those are, those are the treasured memories you have, you know, it doesn't have to become this insane rushing and overscheduled, you know, thing that is exactly. just going to end up stressing everybody out, <laughs> making us all more tense. Um, one quick thing too, recently in um, the month of July, I had a light bulb moment about like, wait a second, the kids are a little older, they can help out even more. Like, let's, let's raise the bar. Like what you and I talked about a while back and you were like, we talked about the Dombrow team, like team mentality. So I realized that one of my goals for the kids is like this summer is to just up their chores a little bit and responsibilities because they're they're totally capable. So I did this with dishes and it was so funny because they were um, even my little boy stood up on a little chair and helped with air quotes helped. <laughs> um, he was kind of splashing everywhere and it was like but he was so excited to like stand there and just basically play with the soap bubbles and kind of help. And then my other kids actually were able to like clean their own room and vacuum a little bit and like my oldest and like the other one emptied a bathroom trash. And anyways, it was just, it was fun to remember like, okay, we can keep this simple. They can help, you know, and we can get involved Mm -hmm. and it's okay. Like this is good. (laughs) Like this is life at home. This is real life, you know, so. um, Yes. We don't have to always make sure that they're entertained. Exactly. They can can help. (laughs) Yeah. So how would you encourage all of us to like set a few simple family goals and create that healthy team culture in your home? 
Oh, well, just what you're sharing, um, one, involving everybody in chores. In fact, on Friday, we're going to bring out the Dombrow team and we're all going to work on Friday in the yard together, pulling weeds and um, helping each other out. So I I think cleaning up the house together, um, doing those chores together, like I said, with our family times that we would have. We built in the whys mm. from a young age of some of our family goals. And then we talked about the hows. And those hows have changed over time. But because we've tried to really communicate and give reasons behind, the, the family goals have kind of come together in that way. And our values have come in that way. Um, and like I said, we, we included them in the discussion and the decisions um, and allowed them to make some choices alongside of us. Um, regarding those goals because that creates more buy-in. They're more yeah. likely to want to do them when they're a part of helping to set them. So yeah, it's, there's no secret sauce to it. It's just teaching the importance of family and working together um, for a common purpose. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Okay, so number six, and we're almost done with this kind of intangible <laughs> list here, is, is being willing to ask for help and support. And I don't think I realized how crucial this was until we had our little boy, our third child. For some reason, I mean, the number three is just enough to push you past what you think you can handle. And I'm sure as you have more and more, I don't even know what that's like. But I just felt unsure about like, I thought even the simplest things, like how am I going to get them all in and out of the car into a store and all back home safely <laughs> you know like uh, right. when he was when he was just born I'm like ah and I'm I'm kind of exaggerating here but I just think motherhood is so humbling and good for us and I've learned that I do have to reach out and it's not a sign of weakness or failure you know there go my perfectionist tendencies wanting to kick in but you know so how do we tune into when we feel overwhelmed and do need support like and who should we maybe reach out to mm. That's so good. Yeah, we all have those moments in parenting, right? Where we feel that overwhelmed. I can't imagine having three. I felt like two was definitely enough for me. Um, (laughs) I think this is where it's really important to have some self-awareness. Yes. And so those moments of having a quiet time or exercise or um, just being in tune with how our body is feeling. Um, if we're feeling tense or just feeling that kind of anxiousness or anger welling up inside of us, what our attitudes are like, maybe how we're treating others, if we're raising our voice to our kids mm-hmm. or getting on our husbands when they come home um, and what our minds are wandering to. And so those daily practices of having a quiet time with God and journaling, praying can bring that self-awareness. And then the Lord can, in those moments, prompt us to seek help. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody has their own trigger feelings and reactions. And when you know what those are and you see them welling up, then it's time to ask for help, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And and I think, you know, some people have family that can step in and help them in those moments. Um, Some people have a husband who's present and available. Some women don't. Maybe they're, you know, single mom or their husbands travel a lot. But irregardless, I think we need to create a family for ourselves. Even if we don't have biological family that's Mm -hmm. close by, we can create a community that we have um, intentionally engaged with and built around us um, that we do life with, whether it's, you know, like a community group or Bible study at church, maybe it's a group of 
school moms that, you know, like to get together. Maybe it's your neighbors, maybe it's sports families. But if you don't have a support system in place, we have to, to create one. And it's so important to be investing into relationships as a family from the beginning yeah. to both provide and receive support, right? Because we're not the only ones in that boat. <laughs> like we all need help. And when you've intentionally invested into people's lives and asked them over for dinner or met them at the park or yeah. done life together, then in those moments we feel overwhelmed, we can reach out and ask for help. Like I know of friends that swap one day a week in watching each other's kids so that each mom can have a day to herself to do whatever they oh, want. That's yeah. genius. Yeah. Like, brilliant. And it doesn't require having family close by and it doesn't require have a, having a husband at home. Yeah. Um, but yet you can get that built in weekly support to do the things that you need to do for your own health, stability and well-being. So um, it's really important. And something that doesn't happen naturally, we have to be super cognizant of it and intentional in creating it. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. And yeah, just looking at our last, um, our last one, number seven was teaching and leading and loving our kids well. So I know we all know this, but we are, you know, their main example. We make this powerful impact on them and we train them to be courageous and kind and full of integrity. And what happens in our homes is crucial for developing our kids' hearts and minds and souls and then helping them mature and grow. So yeah, what does it mean to kind of teach and lead and love them really well, like a little deeper? Mm. Yeah, you know what? I think the number one thing in, in doing this well, it's trying to live every moment with our kids with intentionality and engagement. Mm. It's so easy to allow ourselves to become distracted or um, unengaged or just letting life happen. Mm -hmm. But when we're living in the moment with our kids, we put our phone away, when we um, make specific choices to be with them, to hear them, to play with them, that is where the teachable moments come in. That's the opportunities that we have um, to lead well. And I think those teachable moments are so precious and Mm -hmm. they are so um, powerful and they are so easily missed if we aren't looking for them or if we aren't engaged with our kids. And Mm so that teaching component means just imparting knowledge and understanding of how the world works, you know, so you're on a walk and you see a butterfly and we start to talk about what they were before and what metamorphosis is. And, you know, now we go on a caterpillar hunt and now we're teaching them things in the moment that um, they're going to remember. And that's the way that they're going to learn and to grow. And then when it comes to leading, it just means moving out in front of our kids to show them the way to go. So just being a little bit ahead of where they currently are to show them the next step, whether it's teaching them to, um, ride a bike or leading them to ask for forgiveness. It's um, pulling them a little bit more out in front Mm -hmm. um, and leading them in that direction. And then loving just means doing what is best for them in the long run and showing them that you are for them no matter what. So 
It's doing what's best for a child, not what makes them feel good (laughs) in the moment Mm -hmm. necessarily, but what they're going to need to be a healthy, functioning adult. And sometimes that's discipline. Sometimes that's saying no to them, whatever, but it's doing what you know is going to be best for them in the long run and yet letting them know that you are for them even if they're angry at you or yeah. whatever, but you're for them. I agree. I think that loving, yeah, doesn't mean having no discipline or never saying no. Like you just said, in fact, God disciplines us, like he says in his word, because he loves us so much. Like it's proof of his love. And it's that protection, that boundary that gives us ultimate freedom, meaning freedom from doing things that end up causing our own destruction, our own hurt and our own pain. So. Oh, it's so true. I've heard it said that a sailor who is bound by his compass is free to sail the open seas. You know, what feels restrictive Mm -hmm. in the moment for our kids is going to open up a whole world of freedom if they can learn self-control or if they can learn kindness or if they can learn to say no to their own desires. And I've also heard it said that discipline is accepting or self-discipline is accepting a no now Mm -hmm. so that you can have a yes later. Mm. It's training yourself for delayed gratification, which has a huge implication for a child's future. They show that they say studies have shown that a child who has self-control and delayed gratification will make far more money and be far more successful in their life um, than those who act on impulse and give in to that immediate gratification. So it's important. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So we thought we would kind of summarize all of the things we just talked about because it's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot of things. But here are some kind of specific, hopefully actionable steps for you, like takeaways for you when it comes to incorporating a lot of these ideas into our lives. So the first one is to come up with your own back to school essentials list, you know, of sorts. So like go ahead and get things to round it out. Like if you don't have something already. So Joy and I shared our 10 things each that we have that we love. And so, you know, if you think about it and you're like, I really do want to start journaling, but you don't have a journal, just go ahead and go get, you know, go order one and pick one out. And then so you can kind of have your supplies, so to speak, when school starts and the fall really gets rolling and things start getting busier. And the second one is to make a small, even just small poster or just nice piece of paper, however you want to do it of just the top five things you'd want to work on this school year as a mama. So like, like we said earlier, it's kind of like a a new January of sorts, like it's a new beginning. So you could post it in your closet or on a mirror or make a note on your phone. Just put it somewhere that you will see it every day. And that could be different for all of us. But so you could make it if you're kind of artistic, you can draw and make make it beautiful. Or you could write a specific like inspirational quote that helps you remember what you're what you're after or anything else you want to just make a beautiful visual reminder for yourself of what matters most. And I find if I take a few moments to pray about what I need to work on, God is always faithful to just gently nudge my heart in the right direction and highlight like, oh, it's these things, <laughs> these couple things that need to change. Because um, again, he wants the best for us. He's for us. Um, and so the other tip that we had, the third one, is just to simplify and pare down your schedule even more. And this does not come easily to me, probably to a lot of us, but just even for the month, like look at your calendar and take one thing off, you know, like or use the Thursday idea that Joy shared. Just take off one to do from your list or say no to an unnecessary kind of stressful extra thing that you don't have to do. It is hard. It's really hard for me, but it is so freeing and so healthy. And just 
know and like Joy said earlier, be aware of your limits. Like be aware of your energy, your mood, your other commitments and how that's all playing into each you know, into each other and keep your day kind of as simple as you can. Now, I'm not naive in saying this because I know there are busier seasons of life. Like I'm not talking about of course if you have Maybe your, your child is, is now a teenager, a senior in high school. There's a lot more that goes into your senior mm-hmm. year than like your seventh grade year or whatever. So I'm not, I'm not trying to not acknowledge that, but I'm just mainly encouraging us, including myself, to just ruthlessly evaluate your days and your weeks and what you've committed to or what you think you can handle and cut a little more out, carve out more white space and margin so you can rejuvenate and feel rested especially over the weekend, you know, feel rested and recovered and restored, ready to go into the next week. And at all, at all levels, like your heart, your body, your soul, all of that. So those are our those are our three main tips for you. And so we have one more little segment that we're going to close with, and it's my favorite things. And so, Joy, I just thought it'd be fun to hear some of your current favorite things. It can be books or music or whatever you're into, and especially if it's something kind of that helps you and all these things that we were just talking about, but what are some of your current favorites? Oh my goodness. I have a lot right now, but um, my current favorites are um, the audiobook library. It's called Cloud Library. I'm really into audiobooks at the moment because I can just put them in, my earbuds in, and vacuum the house or run an errand or, you know, sit outside in the sunshine. Yeah. Um, I've read so many books that way, but it's Cloud Library and it's a attached to your local library and you can just download books from there. Um, I have a quilt for my outside morning quiet times when there's that crisp air in the morning. I just have this big, you know, queen size, heavy quilt that I just wrap up in. I love it. Um, My new dog uh, is one of my favorite things. He he joins me for those quiet times and he's making me go on early morning walks. So that's good for me. Self-tanner. Oh, yeah. Let me hear it for self-tanner. Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right with the in my shorts and everything instead of baking out in the sunshine just put a little bit of that on yeah and then um I don't know if you've heard of trim healthy mama but it's this way of eating it's another podcast and it's really helped to level out my blood sugar and I love the recipes and the two ladies that do it so those are some of my favorite things right now oh that's awesome maybe I'll have to look that up and we can link that in the show notes too there you go yeah well thank you again joy for being with us it was so much fun to have you back i love you lots i'm so grateful for your friendship and your wisdom and just um i love that we got to see each other this summer so much more and um, yeah yeah just if you wanted to go ahead and share your contact info for anyone who would like to get in touch with you again that would be wonderful yeah and hannah thank you for having me i really enjoy these deep conversations together and Mm. i hope that there's been something helpful to encourage um, all the moms out there i know i've been blessed by our conversation but yeah if you have any comments or questions for me um you can contact me at my email address it's j n j dombrow d-o-m as in mary b as in boy r-o-w at gmail.com Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Sunday Afternoon Mama. Be sure to tune in next week. And please, if you enjoy this podcast, tell a friend or family member so they can check it out too. Good old-fashioned word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the news. Come visit SundayAfternoonMama.com and follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'll be back with you next week. In the meantime, I'm seeking joy and peace with you so that we can be better moments together. Take a deep breath and smile. You've got this. 
Bye for now, sweet friends.